Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. Today we have with us Caitlin Drago. Her mission is to create cultures of empathy, creativity, and trust, beginning with how people communicate and connect. She is an LA-based actor turned upstate New York-based certified leadership coach, trainer, and facilitator. Acting taught her to be present, self-aware, empathic, and to connect with others. Improv taught her to listen, trust her gut, and deal with the unexpected in a positive and creative way. She now works with leaders and teams to help them to listen to one another, communicate and connect using improvisation as a platform for interactive learning. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thanks for having me, Barbara. The first thing that crossed my mind, Caitlin, is that there is a world of difference between L.A. and upstate New York, uh, as well as the career shift. Uh, how, how did all this happen? Well, I so I grew up in upstate New York, went to college there, and I went to school for acting. And so when I graduated, it was a question of New York or L.A. And I had visited L.A. While I was in college and really fell in love with it and was really intrigued by the TV and film industry. And so with that being the case, that's how I that's how I managed to get myself out to California. And then as I was getting into my late 20s and just wasn't getting where I was hoping to be in my career and still was pretty far away from family, I decided that it was time to move on and, you know, have my next adventure. And so coming back to upstate New York, I knew that there were companies in New York and LA and Chicago that used improv for communication building and team building and some of those interpersonal skills, but there didn't seem to be anyone in the Rochester area where I live now at the time. And so that's something that, you know, I saw an opportunity, saw a place where I could serve and build a skill and use what I already had in a different way. And that's the very short version. <laughs> oh, um, that was just perfect. Okay. Thanks. Um, so I could definitely see how doctor's offices and, you know, health professionals in general need to have their staff a little bit more connected and engaged with the patients, as well as be more empathetic, you know, especially when there is, um, you know, a, a one patient after another, after another, and being bombarded with questions, it can be very harrowing. And um, being connected to the people that are asking these questions may not be their forte. So, you know, hence, I think that even in the health professional world, you really perform a very helpful function. 
what do you think is the uh, most important rule in improv? I think it gets to what you're mentioning of being able to be present. Improv is all about listening. The number one rule is that we always say yes and. And so that means whatever our partner throws out there as the idea, we accept that as the idea of the moment. And then we add on to that idea. And I always say you can't add on to something you didn't hear. And so it really forces you to be present and in the moment and listening to the person in front of you so that you can add on to what they said instead of pushing through the idea that you came into the conversation with or the, you know, thinking more about your response versus really being present and listening to that person. When I think about doctors and people in the medical field in general, I think about how I feel as a patient or as the mom of a patient sometimes coming in. And, you know, sometimes it's everything's fine. It's just annual, whatever. Many times it's not, there's something wrong. There's something that I'm worried about, or there's something that I'm worried about for the, the young person who I'm accompanying. And so I'm already in a state of, you know, survival mode, that fight or flight. I'm not able to think 100% clearly. And so, and I, and I understand on the other side, to your point that you said before that you've got patient after patient after patient, and it's hard to be present with each and every one of those people. But when you are coming from a place of also being, you know, stressed out, you're in fight or flight too. So you've got two people in a room who are not operating from their, their best, you know, brain function. And gosh, what a gift it is when you do have a doctor come in and be present with you and let you know that you have been heard. It helps to bring down those cortisol levels so that me as a patient, I can actually hear what you're trying to then tell me as a physician. So all of that to say, the biggest rule is to say yes. And, and that forces us to be present and with that other person. And it doesn't mean you have to, it doesn't mean that yes. And means, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. It can be, yes, I am here. Yes. I am listening. Yes. I am with you. And we are on the same team. That's good. And of course, when you're saying yes, of course, they may not realize that you're not agreeing with them. So it takes them out of combat mode. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you take yourself out of being one of those potential threats. <laughs> Especially when you're in the room alone with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, um, how do improv principles translate to the workplace besides what we had just discussed? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of different ripple effects that come from this yes and principle. I'll, I'll add to that. There's another big rule that I focus on a lot with clients. And that's the idea that we're always looking to make each other look good. So it's not as an improviser, it's not what's the brilliant thing I'm going to say, and everyone will laugh and think I'm great. It's how can I set my teammates up for a laugh. And the way that we translate that is understanding that 
if you have something that you're working on or someone that you're working with, and you sometimes we, we feel like we need to do it all ourselves when there's likely a team of people around us who would be happy to help would be happy for an opportunity to learn, or maybe it's something that we're struggling with, that there's someone right next to us who has that specific skill and would love an opportunity to use that. So it's understanding the strengths and the passions of the people around us so that we can all work together more effectively, understanding that if we all try to make each other look good, we all end up looking really great in the end. And with that, yes, and Uh, we'll call it yes and mindset, that really challenges us to look for the good in others, look for what is right or true, or look for that little piece that we can agree with, even if it is like, especially in those high tension situations, it doesn't have to be two people battling one another. It can be, yes, what I agree with here is this, and then we can add on to that, hopefully in a more productive way. And by doing all of this, you're showing others that they can come to you and they can talk to you. They can come to you with their great ideas. They can come to you with their awful ideas. They can come to you most importantly when there's a problem and as soon as there's a problem, instead of having a group of people who are too afraid because they're worried about how you might react. So it's building that that trust too. Yeah, I think what you said is absolutely key. Uh, So would you say that... um, teaching that uh, statement and that it is really about them and not about you enables them to get away from the fear of doing improv. Absolutely. Whenever I go in and work with a team and let them know that we're doing improv together, they're usually not super excited about it right off the bat, honestly, you know, because it does sound scary. And what I like to remind people is that it's something that they're doing already. No one got a script this morning when they woke up. And so we're sharpening a skill that we already have. And, you know, I think about, I think about the first, um, event that I went to when things started opening up a little bit after COVID. And I was really out of practice in just talking to other people in person. And I made a commitment to myself in that moment to just listen, just be there, listen, don't feel like you have to be the smartest person in the room or contribute something brilliant to the conversation. Just focus on the other people and listen. And when we focus on others, they're going to feel more valued. We get to, you know, oddly enough, bring our more authentic self because we're not trying to be something that we think we're supposed to be in that moment. And we get to experience that with a little less fear because we're focusing on something outside of ourselves. Exactly right. What I tell the physicians and health professionals that I'm coaching is that, uh, you don't have to prove you're great. They already think you're great. That's why they're at your office as opposed to going to somebody else's office. Mm-hmm. So now now it's about them. It's not about you. They already know you're great. You don't have to prove it. Exactly. Um, what advice do you have for a leader who wants their team 
to listen and collaborate with one another. You know, sometimes there's a little backstabbing in the office. Sometimes people feel that um, they wouldn't do it the same way that somebody else would, or maybe they want to have the recognition that they're not getting and they may be a little jealous. Uh, how do you, you know, eliminate all that and get everybody to work at, as a team moving forward? Mm-hmm. I mean, beyond bringing a facilitator <laughs> in and working with that whole team all at once, it really starts with modeling that behavior yourself as a leader. Be that person who says yes and be that person who people can listen to, show others that you are there to set them up for success, that you yourself can step out of the spotlight of, you know, quote unquote, leading something and let somebody else have a go at it for their own growth. It really starts with modeling. Uh, what would you say to um, an office or, you know, the the um, health professionals in the office that say, you know, this sounds great, but I'm inviting them to, you know, spend a long time talking to me and I don't really have that type of time designated for, you know, the appointment. Um, so, you know, theoretically, it may sound great. Mm -hmm. um, and I want them to know that I'm listening, but I really can't um, perform that way uh, to an extended length of time since the appointment is not an extended length of time. Right. Yeah. You can only listen to so much. I would say to that, to at least again, just bring your presence. And even if it is a small amount of time of just letting them share what's going on, maybe reflecting back so that you have a better understanding so that you can gain that clarity and use that time even more effectively. And then, you know, you can, you can always bring it back to the mutual goal too, that, you know, we're here to help you with X, Y, and Z. I understand that, you know, this is what is happening and, and then you can, you know, move that conversation forward in the way that you need to. That's really a great tip. Uh, my listeners would appreciate it. And, and I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing all of this too. Now, there's something else that um, I want to uh, divert a little bit towards. And that is something that I recommend a lot of uh, health professionals do. And that is to uh, write a book. Because, you know, there's, you know, I'm sure that all of the, your colleagues are, um, you know, knowledgeable in the topics as you are. But, you know, there is definitely a perception that if you wrote the book on a topic, then it stands to reason that you're the one that's an authority in the field. And if you're an authority in the field, you know, as semi-celebrity, then, of course, people would rather seek consultation with you than, you know, your colleagues. And I understand that you have a program about book launching for those people that have written books or, or something to that effect. I don't have a program about book launching, but I did write a book recently. Um, it's called Approaching Improv, Communication and Connection in Business and Beyond. And what I would say, though, to someone who is considering writing a book 
or who's feeling a little bit of that blockage, I can share what my block was and maybe it will resonate with, with others. I had wanted to write a book for a while. It was a, an overall goal of mine for all the reasons that you laid out. And I had this, I had put a pressure on myself to have it be something that's completely new, totally mind-blowing, has never been said before. And I had a colleague who had written a few books to say, well, yeah, that's true. It's not going to be. Everything's already been written. (laughs) But what you will bring to it is your perspective and your experience and the way that you communicate with your audience, the people who are drawn to you as a professional. This book is for that small group of people. It doesn't have to be for everyone and it doesn't have to be completely new information. So if if it is that that's holding you back, you know, I would encourage you to go ahead and, you know, maybe get a book about writing books. That's what I did first. And then, you know, go for it. Well, of course, what you may not be viewing it as, but but essentially it is for some people is the information about how you present a book to those people who are interested in your topic and, um, you know, rid yourself of of the blocks that mm-hmm. you have. So, you know, in a sense, you, you are giving keys to other people uh, with other books. And I'm sure everyone really would love to to read about it. Is is this book out yet? Yeah, it comes out on November 14th, which is, well, when we're <laughs> recording it, it's next Tuesday soon. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it. what it covers is what I'm calling the improv approach, uh, which is that idea of what does it mean to say yes and, and combine that with the idea of making each other look good. And, you know, I go through all of that and the ripple effects that it can have. And then it goes into a portion where it really just takes different communication skills that you probably already have some sort of base knowledge in, whether that's giving and receiving feedback or um, having difficult conversations and takes that and says, okay, how can we make these conversations even more effective by infusing that improv approach. And I really, again, I understand that the idea of doing improv isn't super exciting for everybody. And one of the things that I really pride myself on is that I make improv something that is approachable, something that anyone really can do. And so that's why the book's called Approaching Improv. Okay. So uh, I assume that it is available as uh, a Kindle book. Mm -hmm. It is. Yep. It's available as a Kindle book and a paperback. And will you consider an audio book in the future as well? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. That's one of the, that's the, one of the goals for next year for the new year. Great. Well, you know, I suggest everybody that's listening, run out and get this book next week. Hot, hot off the press, because I think that the information can translate to all walks of life and will help you move forward. Well, thank you so much for being with us today uh, on the show, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales.
Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.